Hi guys, it's Abu Bakr. And thanks for tuning in to Thoughts at 30. Before we get into the episode, I just want to say that I started this podcast two weeks ago with no expectations. And the response to the first two episodes has floored me. I'm so grateful for your love and your support and all the encouraging words, especially about the car robbery from episode one. I promise I will only get better at this and won't let you down for sticking by me. Thank you. And now let's get back to the show. Growing up in Pakistan, I remember some of my earliest memories are of my parents taking me to weddings. Her aunties would come up to me and pull my cheeks and say, Kitna saaf rang hai iska, Which roughly translates to, he has such a clean complexion. What a pretty boy. Yes, they said clean complexion. I can trace memories like this back to when I was six or seven years old. And I know for a fact that I liked it. I would look at myself in the mirror as a kid and I'd admire my skin tone. I saw Superman and Batman and Spider-Man on TV and I connected with them. All of them had light skin. And all the villains had dark skin. Even in Disney movies, Jafar from Aladdin. Even Scar from The Lion King, even though he was the same species and has the same family as uh, Mufasa and Simba. The message was clear. Light, good. Dark, bad. I remember one day in the sixth grade making a really big impact on me. We had an African girl in our class. Her name wasn't Trace, but we will go with it for the purposes of this story. I haven't spoken to her for the past, uh, the best part of the past 15 years, so I don't think I should use her real name without her permission. Anyways, Trace was a really, really nice person. She was a daughter of a diplomat. We lived in Islamabad, the capital, so our school often had children of people who were in the country as part of a foreign mission. So it was the sixth grade, and one day in the classroom, I saw her crying her eyes out. I asked one of my friends what happened, and he told me somebody said to her, Trace, do you ever wash your face? I remember my first thought was, wow, that is a terrible, messed up thing to say. But I also remember my second thought was, thank God nobody can say that to me. The origins of this joke are obvious. It stems from the same mentality by which my lighter complexion was clean. Hence, Trace, being darker, was dirty. Going back to my reaction while I was disgusted at the comment made to Trace, I was at the same time comforted and at ease that this is something I never have to deal with. And I remember since that day, that ease is the very thing that started bothering me. Why did I have this luxury? I remember another day sitting awkwardly next to my friend who was darker than me in class. And our English teacher described her newly born, half white, half Pakistani, beautiful grandson who was light skinned like milk. As I got older, these incidents became more common and more obvious. My light skin gave me more attention. And I was assumed more intelligent and amazingly assumed more hygienic than those who had darker skin than me. And of course, it did not stop there. I realized over time being of lighter complexion was an unearned societal advantage. But I was yet to learn about all the advantages I was going to get by just being born a boy. As I grew older, it became pretty apparent. 
The world systematically, almost everywhere, made most things easier for people, the lighter their skin color. And especially so if they were male. This is why intersectionality is so important, because there is inequality within inequality. So this thought at 30 isn't to convince anybody that white privilege or male privilege exists. The point of this episode is to try and get into understanding privilege. I have a lot of debates with friends and family about racism and sexism. I hear a lot of opinions about how there can be racism against a white person too, or how you can also be sexist towards men. Things like, women shouldn't blame all men for the actions of a few, or that not every white person is a racist, so they shouldn't have to do something for the victims of racism. And it's these sort of arguments that I want to um, sort of talk about right now. How do I understand privilege at 30? And if I have privilege, how does that put any culpability or responsibility on me? I will talk about myself. I'm not white, but I am a light-skinned Pakistani man. In Pakistan, while others did, I did not have to be worried about being judged on my hygiene or my intellect based on my appearance. And in the rest of the world, as a man, I don't have to worry about things like walking alone after the sunsets or taking quieter streets for my run. I don't have to think twice about booking a solo trip for travel anywhere I want. If I want to meet a stranger off the internet, the worst case scenario in my head that could scare me is that they might find me boring or not like how I look. The worst case scenario for a woman who is meeting someone online is a million times worse. These luxuries that I have as a man with my skin tone, this absence of those fears that others have, this benefit of never having to think or worry about these things, this is my privilege. Just by existing, I am given these advantages. And that automatically makes me part of the system that creates these advantages. I will be offered higher salaries. My negotiating for these salaries will be taken more seriously. If I'm a doctor, I won't be mistaken for a nurse. If I'm a nurse, I won't get looks of disappointment wishing that I was a male nurse. When I'm angry, people won't think I'm emotional. When I'm assertive, people won't think I'm aggressive. When I dress up, people won't think I'm trying too hard. And when I dress down, people won't think I'm lazy. And honestly, the list goes on. Because of how systematic and widespread this is, I think, yes, just by being male and not dark, even though not on purpose, I do become part of the problem. If I benefit from the system, then somebody on the other side is being treated wrongly by the system. And there's no way I won't benefit from the system. And I think this means I have responsibility to do whatever I can personally to create a more balanced experience through my own actions. How? Um, if I'm walking down the street at night and there's a woman coming from the other way in my direction, maybe I can go across the street and walk on the other side so she feels safe. If I'm an employer and there's a female candidate just as qualified as a male candidate, maybe I should give her preference. And when I pick her, I should offer her a higher starting salary because women have been conditioned to negotiate less. I can also be thoughtful about moments 
when I might speak inadvertently over the group I mean to support. It is not unusual to accidentally center ourselves instead of the people whom we are trying to be an ally to. But it's costly. When it happens, I should step aside or step back and learn from those lives which are directly affected by the issue, rather than presenting myself as the expert. Whenever there is privilege, there is a power dynamic. I can try to be more careful to take a less assertive position in an argument with a woman or a person of darker skin. And these are just some of the ways you can try and give back and fight back against a system that only benefits a specific group. And at the age of 30, as I look back in my life, the advantages I've had over others are many. I'm sure the average white man has advantages over me here in America. But that isn't something I have any control over. I can only make choices for me. And instead of accepting my privilege and sitting back and enjoying it, the right thing to do is to make some sort of effort to accommodate and comfort those who have been impacted by the advantages society gives people like me. Vivek Shraya published a collection of poems called Even This Page is White. And one of the poems goes like this. I have white dreams. Billboard magazines. Mighty praise accolades. Top 10 lists and top 10 hits. So I climb dodge boulders, earn blisters, but even the top of the mountain is white. Privilege essentially lies in obliviousness. White privilege, for instance, involves around the ability to forget that race matters. Ask yourself, if there's ever been a time where you've had to remind yourself that race or gender matters, are you thinking? There's your answer. Thanks for tuning in to Thoughts at 30, everybody. I'll see you next week.